What is the Odyssey oh Island? God. There's like really cool cliffs and be- I mean, it's an island, so there's beaches and no, like my it, family's it island in like Beautiful, lots of my, right? Like lots the scenery. Of, um, people in my like older people in my family have gone lots of times. I'm just curious. I don't like. I don't it's just really anything. green and pretty. And I go, mean, I like, know there's but ba- I know there's bars. <laughs> yeah, that's a, there's Guinness. <laughs> so yeah. Like Isaac's gonna do that stuff, but the kids obviously not. Oh, you know, it's about time Jesse grows up. It's yeah, like, it back. like run with the sheep or whatever. <laughs> Just don't get stuck driving. <laughs> well, what Isaac's driving stick shift on the wrong side of the road. I was like, uh-uh. good thing I can't drive a manual. I can't was drive. It, was yeah. it three men and a baby? There's a movie where they're like an island and they get like they get stuck in between I the sheep and they can't like the move. Yeah. It's three mm. men and like a little girl, whatever the second one's called. Three men and a little lady, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. little lady. I love yeah. that movie. Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hello, welcome to the table. Thank you for joining us tonight. This is our last episode in our This Is Us series. And today we're going to be featuring the beautiful Jamie. So tonight we have... Rachel. Hey, everyone. Jen. Hi, everyone. Tabitha. Hello. Jamie. Hello. And I am Kim McIsaac. So we're going to start off. Jamie, why don't you tell our listeners, for anyone who's new, a little bit about yourself and where they can find you. I completely forgot about this part. I am Jamie. I am born and raised Colorado. I still live in Colorado. I'm married to a great guy named Isaac, and we have two kids. We have Jesse, who is on the spectrum, and then my daughter, Amelie. I write on my page, which is my Facebook page is Jamie Ramos Writes. Same on Instagram, and my website is jamieramoswrites.com. And yeah, that's me. Jamie, what is your favorite place on earth? Okay, so this was really hard for me to think about, and then I thought about a few different things. Like I just said, I'm from Colorado. So mountain girl, I grew up around the mountains. I think it's funny. Like each of our locations kind of dictates like some of us are beach people. Tabitha's both because she grew up in a beach area and a mountain area. But really for me, the mountains, I grew up going to the mountains, camping a lot. I like quiet moments alone in the mountains. I also thought about, this is kind of weird, but growing up, my parents were event planners and I also went to film school and did filmmaking. So Oftentimes I wound up in spaces that are big spaces are usually full of a lot of people, but when they're empty, cause like I'm cleaning up or we're setting up or we're doing walkthroughs. And there's something to me about being in a place where a lot of people come and go from, but like it quiet and empty. And that's really weird, but like, you know, I filmed in like malls that are empty and there's just something like, I don't know for me, like really calming and reflective there. So like, that's what I'm going to go with. I love it. Especially like I grew up going to church and like my parents were always involved in church and there'd be a lot of times I was alone at the church where my parents were like in another room doing something, but just like walking the halls alone. I don't know why it's like a really peaceful thing for me. And then my, my last one favorite place is I think I've said this on the podcast before too, but like, I'm a huge movie person and I love trailers and I love credits. And after a really, really good movie, I love nothing more than sitting through the credits. And I used to always say the theater, but that's kind of moved from theater to home. The more now that I have to watch movies at home a lot more now because I have kids, but there's like, this really, I mean, obviously it's not very long, but this beautiful moment of like sitting in the moment after a film, feeling whatever emotions that movie made me feel. So there's my answers. Love that. I love that a lot too, actually, Jamie. We we don't go to the movies now, but we used to go 
early in our relationship a lot and I know like exactly what you're talking about where you're like you're like still in the movie even though the movie yeah ended. yeah you don't have to go back to reality yet what is something someone would never guess just by looking at you okay I didn't know what to say to this one besides that I'm not Hispanic <laughs> and um, it's and I, not Ramos it's Ramos it's Ramos which is Hispanic I have a Hispanic last name because my husband <laughs> is of Mexican origin <laughs> Spanish origin but my whole life I'm not kidding people come up to me uh, people usually Mexican because I live in Colorado or closer to Mexico then they'll think I speak Spanish they'll come up to me speaking Spanish and my husband who looks Hispanic because he is like we'll go to a Mexican restaurant he doesn't speak Spanish the waiter will come up like if it's like a legit authentic Mexican place which is the best and they'll start speaking Spanish to us and immediately we're like hello how are you but working in restaurants I've had some instances where I've been like out shopping and people assume I work there which is a little bit of a racist thing they assume I work there because I think I'm Hispanic just no, things Jamie, like that I'm gonna, so. Jamie that happens to me everywhere I go I'm not even kidding they always think I'm like, I should check on why you stay working. I had that happen one time. I was holding my son. And I try to help them because I'm an idiot. I'm like, (laughs) I was at a DSW one time with my backpack on my back, like, you know, like a, what do you call it? A baby bag? Why can't I think of the name? Diaper bag. Diaper bag. Thank you. On my back, holding my son's hand. And a lady, I'm not going to give descriptions on how she looked, but. Karen comes to mind, comes up to me and asks me, do you guys have a children's department? And I said, I don't work here. And she was like, oh, I just assumed you. And I'm like, why? Anyway, but um, I don't want to get into like some controversial stuff here that I'm not Hispanic. That's <laughs> and it's even worse now that my last name is Ramos. Like, yeah. Um... I may Ramos. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's right. Yeah. Looking back on your life, who instantly makes you light up? Or what? This one is also hard for me. I think of like big moments. Like, I mean, obviously my kids being born, finding out I was pregnant or, you know, graduating college, things like that. I think happy moments where like everything came together, I guess that. And then like really funny people. Like I think of some like funny situations and my family on my dad's side, like my whole extended family, like are really funny. We at least think we're funny and each other funny. And so like, moments like that I'll think about moments like that and I'll just smile I am one who thinks in my head about like a funny moment I just laugh out loud even though I'm in public and people think I'm crazy but whatever I also do that or like I'll smile and Neil's like why are you smiling I'm like oh no reason I'm just like something from work earlier or like whatever it is if you could rekindle a passion with an old hobby what would it be and what do you miss about it so this one I put down filmmaking and I put maybe I like the process of filmmaking I don't know if I would go I went to school to be a director I ended up by the end doing a lot of producing and uh there were elements of that that were really hard for me in that um like I'm good at like being really organized and telling people what to do and things like that but I also don't love like having to like put out fires all the time and you know same thing when I was at a restaurant for years like dealing with angry people or stuff like that But I do really miss the process of like working together with a group of people to make one big product at the end and like something to be really proud of. And so I, I, I miss that a lot. And I think if I did get more back into that, they would be more with writing and actually like storytelling, whether or not that would be like as a film or as a novel, but I would want to do something collaborative because I do miss that feeling of like being part of something really big. 
are you saying we're not a really big and extraordinary collaboration? Well, this is obviously, you know, Top we're notch. just we're just filling space right now for her. That's all. That's so all. My book becomes a movie, and then Jamie is going to direct and produce yeah. it, whether she likes it or not. Robert De will play. Hey, me. <laughs> you can also play the part of me if you like. <laughs> what does your best day look like? Where are you going? Who are you with? What do you would you be wearing? Okay, I don't know what I'd be wearing. Something comfortable, probably jeans and a t-shirt because that's mostly what I wear, unless I'm at home. Because if you wear jeans at home, you're a crazy person. But I would say, okay, I love being at home. So I think like Jen said, and I think Kim said too, just hanging out at home. But sometimes I can get overly lazy if I do that. So I don't know. It depends on the day. But like I thought about like going out for a day and everything just going well with my family. Uh Like I always talk about this one birthday, which was just a couple of years ago when Amelie was like, she must've been one. We went to a peach festival during the day and Jesse did have a meltdown at the beginning, which is how we start usually going out anywhere. But like it ended up just being a really good day. And then I came home and took a nap and I woke up and my husband had had Chinese food delivered and I just woke up and ate the food and chilled like it was like the perfect day. Like I was hot in the sun, but then I came home with, so something like that was like, we go do something, maybe not have the meltdown, but just like be able to go out as a family, enjoy ourselves, no pressure to rush anywhere and then get home and just relax and eat good food. And wake up to Chinese food. It's perfect. And wake up. I mean, like, that was like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I'm like, you already ordered the food and it's here. I didn't have to like ask you to order it or order it myself. And then you go straight to the bath after that. Cause you do a evening bathy I love an evening bath oh love it sitting in my own filth Jen (laughs) a Jamie soup (laughs) what is your favorite childhood memory okay this one so I grew up in a family of six kids and so really times like being with all my siblings there was a lot of times that was like me and my younger brothers and maybe my old my one older sister involved wasn't always the six of us but like doing things together that or we also had like a big extended family cousins and stuff. And my aunt and uncle owned this big house in the mountains and they literally, their backyard was just mountains. And me and my cousins would just go like climbing up the mountains. It probably wasn't very safe, but like just roaming around. I think that just like being with my siblings and cousins and just being free, not having any worries. I think it's so cool. You grew up in that family full of siblings. I mean, I was an only child most of my life. I just think it's so cool. Yeah. You're never, you're never bored (laughs) and you always have a pal. Yeah. That's amazing. If you could meet anyone in the world dead or alive, who would it be? Okay. This one was also kind of hard for me because I am like, every time I've met someone that I've really wanted to meet, like they say, don't meet your heroes. It always is kind of a disappointment because like people are people. I hope you're not Um, referring to us. Not you guys. I would if we had not met in person you guys would be my people like to like see in person and obviously I want to see you guys in person all the time but so I put probably an ancestor of mine I'm really into like ancestry and like find me on ancestry.com but like I I have one relative that was like catch me if you can like he like changed his name all the time and he was like wheeling and dealing and bringing a lot like wanting to meet someone like that because I'm so fascinated with the idea of like coming from someone and being connected but like really not knowing anything about them outside of like 
what papers say about them. So I said that. And then like the religious part of me would be like God or Jesus, because I just want to be like, what's going on? I always joke. If I were to meet God, I would ask like the most ridiculous questions. Like, do you have a count on how many times I've eaten nachos or do you know, like just like I'm just so curious about the most random stuff but yeah I'm really good at making a calendar I could help you out do you need me to track that in a spreadsheet for you God I could do that <laughs> I can do that need a calendar of upcoming events sir yeah. <laughs> your girl can I see that can I see that um what is the happiest day of your life I like like my when my kids were born like talking about like filmmaking and stuff when we were in film school you know at the grand old Colorado film school they had like a student show every year and one year before before we were married I think <laughs> looking back we might have been married but anyway one year my husband made this movie and it like kicked butt and we all worked really hard on it but I was like so proud of him it was based off like the stories of his grandparents from either side of his, for both sides of his family um, who were like Mexican-American immigrants and all this stuff. But anyway, the, we made the movie and it turned out like beautifully and it won like almost every award it could. And I just remember being so happy for him and so proud of him. And then so proud of everyone that came together to do that. So like based back on that, like filmmaking thing, but moments like that, like big accomplishments but I don't know that one came to mind because I was just like so proud of him that's like really sweet that it's like centered to around like his accomplishment I love that what is your biggest insecurity oh I have so many I tried to think outside of like physical insecurities because you guys know I have plenty of those and I yeah so I thought a lot about like my learning disability like I grew up with a learning disability I recently ish wrote about this of you know and how that does help me relate to my son, but like, I don't want him to grow up the way I did where I never, and still like, I still have this thing where like, I never, ever feel like the smartest person in the room. 90% of the time when I'm talking to someone, I feel inferior in a way. I just feel like everyone's smarter than me. And like, if I'm talking to someone who's a doctor or something like that, like, I just feel like the smallest person in the room. Like, I just feel really dumb even though I'm not like and I talked about like you know like even once I got to college and I had like learned to manage my learning disability and learn in different ways which is like all we talk about with our kids is teaching them that they can learn in different ways and people would like compliment me on like assignments or if I ever got like called out by a professor for doing something really well like I almost didn't believe them like I have this part of me like especially growing up like with IEP meetings and being surrounded by all these like different people and people saying nice things about me, it never felt genuine. It felt like they were saying it because they had to, and they were saying it because they were supposed to before they criticized me. And so I think like it's an underlying issue in all my life with like parenting and a lot of situations or like even getting into like conversations with other adults because I feel inferior to them or I don't, I'm really afraid of sounding dumb because I've, built a lot of my life around trying to hide that I'm not as smart as other people girl I feel that's bad not, like, that's not you I can tell you right now that is not how you come off I think you're so smart I ask you stuff Me all too. the time yeah so and you know way more about politics than I do that's <laughs> not to argue with your insecurity yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing. <laughs> not with to it. call I'm... you stupid for saying that you feel that way, James. I did but... not say that. I just said that's <laughs> no, how she comes off to us. How do you move through big feelings? It depends for this one as well. It's kind of like Rachel. <laughs> depends or no, Kim. It's kind of like Kim. It depends on the feeling. 
sometimes like if it's a big thing that happens within our family, me and my husband have this thing where it's like, we kind of see how one reacts and the other one, I think consciously tries to counter that. We're like, you know, like we came home one day and our basement have flooded and I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, there's no point in freaking out about this, but things that like involve my kids or really like myself, I, I won't say I always outwardly freak out. I mean, to you guys, I probably do because like, I usually turn to you guys like, ah, what am I supposed to do? Or this is happening. And I usually talk really fast and, <laughs> and then there's other things where I just like freak the F out, especially if like my kids are harmed or anything like that. Like I go a little crazy. And then I'm also like, um, not so much my husband. I feel like I'm most authentic with my husband. So he gets like the immediate, like, ah, but like with friendships and dynamics like that, I am like someone who tries to like hold it in and then let it see if it passes. But then that also can backfire where I like hold things in. And I also, I do this with my husband sometimes too, where I hold it in and I like keep a chart in my mind. So when I do come to the argument to play, I usually um, am pretty prepared and like, obviously not to that person's fault. Cause they don't always know that I felt that way, but I will have like my points and I will have my counterpoints to their points because I overthink everything. So I don't know if that's healthy, but because you are. come prepared is what it yeah. is. See, that I can't smart. wait till we get the message from the therapist that somehow comes across this podcast episode and is like, <laughs> you won't be reach out to us and be like, girls, we, you guys need professional. <laughs> How do you know when you can trust someone? I'm not very good at this. I think it has to do with what I was talking about before with the insecurity thing is that I do give a lot of other people the power in a lot of situations. I've been known to go into situations and I blame, I always joke. I read one time, like if you've grown up in a loving environment, you're more likely to trust people or think the best of people when you meet them. So I blame my parents for this, but I, I often go in like thinking the best of someone, um, even though it may not come off that way, but I, I legitimately do. And I like, usually believe people because I don't feel like I'm aware of like what they are. So like the best thing I can do is believe them and go from there. And so that can backfire sometimes. I wouldn't say like, I immediately like jump into trusting them with like certain things, but I have been known to like jump into like friendships and relationships and then be like, Oh, I didn't like really know who you were that backfired. But I think I don't, it just takes time and seeing that I can trust someone And sometimes that's trial and error. Like, I don't think I have the best instincts when it comes to that at all. That's because there's so many wolves out there in sheep's clothing. (laughs) Uh, Would you rather live one day longer than your child with additional needs or have access to the dream team and placement for them? Okay. You know, I have to take consideration of like my son's functioning level and different things. And if dream team means like people that would stick around forever and like be there till the end, then I think I'd go towards that because otherwise it would mean cutting my son's life short because obviously like in the logical way, my brain goes like, this isn't me living to a hundred. This is him passing earlier than he should. So my mind went to like, if the dream team's there, I hope my, both my children have wonderful, long, full lives. And I fully acknowledge since, you know, I always say since like preschool, the first time I handed my son off to other people, although it's not always perfect and there have been rough situations, but I learned quickly that I am not enough for him solely on my own and that I need other people 
to help him and not just because like they have studied whatever or specialized in certain things, but also like it's, it's good for my children to get to know other people and learn from other people and that kind of thing. And so if I either could have either, or I would rather like hopefully live a nice long life and then pass away, but hopefully have people there for my son that can catch him and hold him up. But if that dream team doesn't exist, then I would try to live as long as I can and be everything I could. It's definitely a layered question for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't it's get a Rachel. choice either way. So I'm sorry. <laughs> that has Rachel written all over that question. No, it's beautiful. It's it worded a cockamamie mess, just like all the other Rachel questions. How do you explain your child's diagnosis to people? I think I'm at where like Jen is at. In the beginning, I was like over explaining. I mean, that's half of why I started my blog to be like, this is what's happening. And I know sometimes that comes off as like dramatic or I do write about it so much, but it is like my therapy. And like, those are like my, mm-hmm. my deepest thoughts coming out. And so it does sound like dramatic in that way. So I guess I am explaining in that way of like putting myself and my son out there to like teach people about autism and stuff, but like day to day, it's a basic, like he has autism or he's autistic unless someone asks, then I'll go into detail because I know I'm grateful that we have some sort of label because we have friends who have kids with special needs and there isn't really a label for it. I am grateful for that easy. It's autism. Leave me alone now. But sometimes, you know, all of our kids are so different. And so I do want to explain him, but it's in situations when there's going to be people working with him. I mean, if they're at, we're at the park and some guys like being a jerk or like looking at my kid weird, then I'm like, he has autism back the F off. Like I don't explain as much as I did in the beginning. And I think almost the explaining in the beginning was me, like explaining to myself or justifying our existence, which wasn't the greatest thing either. It's like you're tripping over your tongue kind of. Yeah. Like for yelling, giving like too much information. You're like, okay, they didn't need to know that I do. Did you want to ask? (laughs) Did you want to ask that question? What relationships have been most impacted by your child's diagnosis? I mean, everyone, which I think we've all said, but I, I really do think it's changed my point of view on my relationship with family members. And you just see people in a different light. And that's not necessarily a bad light. A big thing for me was like, in our family, it's like, this sounds bad, but the kids are like entertainers. Like we put on talent shows and, you know, the adults would sit around and a kid will come in the room and do something funny and they all laugh and they're like, oh my gosh. And Jesse just wasn't that way. And when he was a toddler, I had a really hard time perceiving my family in that way that like, to me, I don't feel like they loved him less, but it felt like he was loved less and liked less because he wasn't a fun child to be around and he wasn't entertaining and he wasn't going to make them feel good about themselves. I think not just my family members at this at all, but I learned a really big lesson about how a lot of adults put a lot of pressure on kids to justify their existence. They want to be the most liked adult. They want to be the fun adult. And this isn't all adults, but some adults in my son's not going to give that to you. And so, and you have to work, work to be friends with him. So again, it wasn't always in a bad way, but it did change my viewpoint on a lot of people and a lot of like how I see like other children in my life and how people interact with my son. And it's also been beautiful to see people learn to love my son on a deeper level because you have to take the Mm -hmm. time to do that. And I fully recognize and know the people who've taken the time to do that. And I fully know the people who are not. Uh-huh. 100%. Yep. 
So if you had your chance to build a dream center, what would be the cornerstone of your offering? So I recently had one of my husband's friends, who's a business guy, he was talking to me about if I'd ever be interested in starting a nonprofit. And I think if I were to start one, my cornerstone would probably be adults because there's not a lot for our kids, but there's more for like little kids, especially little, little kids, but all our kids become adults, hopefully. And you're an adult a lot longer. So I think that would be like, if I were to do that today or tomorrow, that's where I would want to start. Overall, if I had like my dream, dream, dream center community, it would be all ages, but it would be a place where you have like everything in one place. Like you have therapy in one place, you have a neurologist, you have a developmental pediatrician, you have psychologists, one-stop shop, childcare, all this stuff. And each individual would have a team to help them. And obviously you could pick it. Like some people don't necessarily need a neurologist all the time, but to start off with someone like understanding your brain and different things and not everyone agrees with like ABA, but if that's a therapy you want to get into that's there, but you have a team where those people talk to each other and hopefully, I mean, in the dream that would include the parents being that, because if you're not part of this community, you don't know, you are that in between for your team. Very rarely do you have a doctor that talks to the school? Do you have a, your your primary physicians not talking to the neurologist besides whatever notes they get, you know, talking about people on an individual level and working to help them and do what's best for them. And hopefully either including that individual and if you need to their adults or their parents or however that would be, but that would be like my dream community. And then also part of that would be building up the career path for people who want to be within the realm of caretaking and having support for them that. as caretakers. Yeah. I love that. Um, what is your biggest dream for yourself? I don't really know. I guess my biggest dream for myself is to always keep exploring and learning. I, I think especially in like the last few years of like our political vibe in our world, it's like people are so vigilant about like being sure about everything. I, I know this, I know this, I'm this, so you're wrong and you're that, so you're wrong or whatever. But what I try to be like now is open-minded and I hope I always stay open-minded and that I never stop exploring and thinking outside the box because I do know it's really easy for me to get stuck in my ways. Yeah. And at the same time, I Kim, when you answered yours, I'm exactly the same. Like if we are going to do anything or if I do have a goal, like so many times I've stopped myself from, you know, like you talk about writing a book, like, or for me, like writing a script or anything like that. I think of all the things that I would do wrong or all the things I would go wrong before I could do it. So like also getting out of my own way in general, but I don't know. I don't have like a set exact dream. Well, now it is time for Jamie in the hot spot while we all <laughs> gosh over her. I'm kidding. I was joking how you went staticky when we had, you're talking about us. That I was did my not joke. know what I that was. was. Like, I was like, we are being a hacked. What is happening? <laughs> a wolf sounded like By a wolf. wolf. <laughs> yeah, that was scary a little bit. <laughs> scary a little bit. I will go first. It's so funny, Jamie, listening to you talk because it's like, we have so many similarities. We have a lot of differences, but like our similarities, like are like at our core. And it's no wonder that like me or you cannot talk for weeks, uh, even sometimes longer. But then when we do start 
and it's usually through voice text so we ain't got time for a phone call <laughs> and we're just right on we just pick right back up every time i remember meeting you in coops i remember meeting you on zooms with omelie was just a baby a little one-year-old then we just we clicked right away and then when we joined the blog squad together we clicked more and it's funny because you were one of the first people i trusted with some frustrations that i had i don't know why i just did and I remember I was like, we need to do a video call right now. Are you busy? <laughs> and then we just called and yeah, there's just, there was just always been that click. And, you know, I like that you, if I go to you with something, you're not one that's like overly, like overly giving advice or overly giving sympathy. Like I'm not great with compliments. Like I get like awkward and uncomfortable with them. So it's like, some people need that when they're down like I don't necessarily need that so it's like you have a good mix of like being sympathetic and understanding and like encouraging but not overdoing it which is like the exact balance of sometimes what I need it literally breaks my heart whenever I hear you talk about yourself in a negative way because I think you are amazing and I'm not kidding like you are so creative you are so talented you are so intelligent like I've had many, many conversations with you. I understand because I have so many insecurities. So I understand it doesn't always match up to like what is real and, you know, how other people perceive you, but you're beautiful inside and out. I know we joke around all the time about you being the face of our podcast because well, we all know why, wow. but kind of you, obvious. Are beautiful. you are beautiful inside and out. I think you're an amazing mom. I admire so much like of all the things, all the activities you plan, all the, like who has time for all this stuff? Like, and you're not the Pinterest mom, but like you do all that stuff. You somehow find a way to like pull it off and do it. You know, it's all, you're always like, just so like, you know, oh yeah, it's no big deal. Just staying up all night doing this. It's fine. So it's, it's, it's great. Um, I really admire that. You know, I think that you're an amazing sister. You're an amazing wife. I mean, Girl, you got so much going on for you. I can't wait for you to direct my movie. <laughs> I just love you. I love you, Kim. Jamie Ramos. I love you. I like Kim. When I hear you talk about yourself, that is not how we perceive you. You are a smart chicklet. You are always coming to the table with solutions. I love watching you with your children. Little Amelie and Jesse, you are an amazing mom. Also, what I don't think people know about you, and we don't talk about religion much, but I am not a religious person. I love your your love of your faith. And what a lot of people don't know is you work with your youth group and you do stuff with these teenage girls. And I just think that, you know, that speaks so much to who you are. You are an amazing listener. You are an incredible friend. You are so easy to talk to. And it's funny because Kimmy's like, when she was talking about, you know, like you don't sh sugarcoat it or whatever, but you know, you, you, you said you don't try to judge and you don't, you always see the positive or the good in people. Even when sometimes I can be a little negative Nelly. Sometimes you just reel me right back into reality of how when things does that are. Happen? I've never I don't know. Seen it, that. <laughs> you know, it's uh yeah, no, it doesn't happen often, but you know, <laughs> I love you. You're an incredible friend. And um, I'm so thankful to know you, Jamie. Ramos. I love you, Jen. Thank you, Jamie. So I admire so much about you. I think your mothering is beautiful. The way that you talk about your kids, the way you throw 
all a big percentage of yourself into caring for them in this time of their life in a way that you're hard working and you do it with an ease because you're passionate about doing it, which, and even when it becomes too much and, you know, you're doing 400 still, you're still showing up and doing all of the things, you know, my, I think you're a doer in the same way as me. Like we are driven by completing things and doing tasks and accomplishing things, but you do it in because you love giving to others around you, your kids, your family, your church, us, <laughs> you take care of all of us for sure. But outside of that, I think that you have a calming presence and energy that I don't think you realize it, it really is like a, something that comes natural. And I think in a way that isn't filled with judgment, you never look at me and make me feel bad about who I am or what I'm doing or, you know, any of that stuff. And I appreciate that about you so much. It's like a pe peaceful spirit, you have a peaceful spirit that carries over to other people. And I think that comes off in the way that you mother your children. And I really wish that I could be some of the things that I see that you give to your kids um, in a way that is just really spectacular and beautiful. So I love you so, so much. Thanks, Tabs. I love you. Rachel. Hi, mate. I have to tell you, <laughs> as the girls have said, the straight shooter in you is one of my favorite things. I would agree that you're like not too much and not too little with just the right thing to say so often. And I feel like in addition to all of the things that the girls said, you are often my compass for like hysterics and laughter. I can catch eyes with you anywhere at any moment <laughs> and either fold in half or realize like Jamie is not putting up with this Rachel keep your shit together like <laughs> I can guide what happens to me through how you're handling yourself and I, I just feel like you're tougher than you know mm. you're worthy of so much you are killing it in ways that I hope I can only hope Jane that like the reason you don't see it yet is because your babes are so little that you're not like realizing that you've been in this like kill it groove because your heart is open and it like leads your path you're it's everything about how you mom it's why you go to church I mean it's how you manage us it's just so grounding and beautiful I just couldn't appreciate you more and I love you so much and I can't wait till you get to know the you that we see. Mm. Oh, and I will, God. I do have to say, every time someone speaks, then I have to go back because I'm just like a rambling fool. <laughs> but I, you are so fun. Literally so freaking fun. <laughs> a rug. A rug. A, a cut a rug, especially in that room. Yeah. <laughs> cut a rug. <laughs> Those Shirley Temples were really something. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You are a gem of a human being. I love you so much. You really are, Jamie. I mean, you just you don't. I mean, you just see yourself in this light that is just not you to us. I mean, mm -hmm. oh, you advocate for your kids, both your children, just all of it. I just love you. I feel like too. You you have like you have explained so much about your insecurity on our podcast. So I'm just gonna go a little bit deeper into um, your dyslexia and your fear of like that impacting you now 
James, I too had a learning disability. I spent a lot of time, like I think I was level three while I was early on, level two after that. And I'm just telling you that the way that you've applied and let all the things that have changed and morphed your life, like reinforce your love, your strength, your ability to accept. I mean, it's really glorious. I feel like from my view, dyslexia might be one of your best features. You just know. And I do work really hard to overcome. (laughs) Forgot to add in, I love your dog humor too. Oh yes, the best. Oh, freaking best. Yes. And when Jamie starts talking in 1.6 speed because she's fired up about some shit, I mean, I'm just like, I can't wait to see the next two minutes of this voice message. Also, she has the best. She has yeah. the best laugh too. So it's like oh, really? a cackle. I love, I love it, it. I love it. Love you. It's, my, it's when someone has such a great laugh, and it's like then you just laugh because they're laughing. <laughs> like the she can do it on mute, and I'll be like dying. That's what I'm saying. She's my like emotional compass. Well, like, I mean, do Jamie die just fall over as well. Laughing so. at you guys. I risk my life to laugh at you people. <laughs> I do fall over. Out. out. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I have fallen over on this pile cab laughing and yeah. hit my head. Jamie will go to the side and I go backwards. Goes back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, like me and her are not in our space. <laughs> and then, and then Kaya pops into Jen's window. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm getting choked out. It's fun. <laughs> but I love you so much. Well, I love it. you guys. Thank you. So thank you moment. everybody for joining us in our this is us series and learning a little bit more about us on our deeper level and learn about all our different insecurities our dreams yeah if you guys want to know any more definitely check out our pages and with that everyone have a great day thank you thank that's you. a wrap bye everybody. bye everyone thank you for joining us at the table for this episode of the table for five no reservations podcast big thank you to all of our supporters if you would like to become a supporter please check out the description of this episode where you will also find episode information how to sign up for our newsletter and find links to us individually join us next monday for more and while you wait check out our content on facebook and instagram if you are enjoying the podcast please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen to contact us you can email us at table for five podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Can't wait to sit with you again.